you are a mother, one, you don't have to stand. I won't make you do that, but just put your hands out. And if you're not a mother, look around. See the people with the hands out? Put your hands on them. God, we thank you that you have uh, raised up mothers in this world to care for us. And I just ask for the blessing of the Holy Spirit upon these moms this, this morning. I ask for supernatural strength, supernatural wisdom, patience, kindness, all the fruit of the Holy Spirit down upon them. We bless them this morning in the name of Jesus. We ask that you would impart spiritual strength to them and that you, Lord Jesus, would honor them even as you honored your own mother, that you would bring honor to them in this world and let the kingdom come down upon them. And Lord, I pray they'll be celebrated today in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. All right. Do you ever uh, walk in, I stand up, you don't know what time it is, whatever, you you think, I wonder what he's going to talk about today. Do you ever do that? I do. Um, I want to speak this morning. I, there is a sense in which every day that I walk into the church, I'm a spiritual father. It's a part of my calling. I'm, I'm a pastor. I'm the senior pastor. Uh, I'm a spiritual father in the church, and I take that seriously. Sometimes that's scary, but I, I take that seriously. And this morning, I want to speak like a spiritual father. So, I always am that, but today I'm asking for a little grace because I'm probably going to say some things in the next 15 minutes that could be taken the wrong way. Now your ears are open, right? (laughs) Scandals coming, ooh. No. I just want to speak as a spiritual dad, and I want to bring some instruction, and I want to bring some challenge. And um, I, I want to let you know right off the bat, I'm in the midst of this challenge. Every word I'm speaking, I'm speaking to my own heart. And I want to talk this morning about um, the, what happens to the human heart when the spirit of the living God comes, rushes in and blows through some of the stingy, reserved parts of our beings. And so I'm just going to take a little amble through uh, the scriptures this morning and talk about what it looks like for the, for the spirit of generosity to come upon a people. I'm going to talk about money. I'm not just going to talk about money. I want to talk about what it looked like in the scripture when the Holy Spirit came and descended upon a people. Shook up their normal way of living. This morning, we we're uh, earlier time of prayer I was praying, and uh, I walked in kind of tired this morning, big day outside, working in the yard, lots of fun, right? But like my whole body is screaming at me. (laughs) You're a moron. That's what it's saying. I don't agree with that. I just put my my head down. I closed my eyes, and this is the picture I saw. We started to pray, and I saw this picture. It's very bizarre. I was immediately back, maybe nine, ten years old at an amusement park in the little town that I grew up in, and I'm on a wooden roller coaster. The thing still runs. It's a scary piece of machinery. And I just remembered the feeling. Maybe you can picture it with me. I remember the feeling of you're on the, you're on the, um, the platform, and you get into this wooden thing, and you lock that thing down on your legs, and you're getting scared. <laughs> I cannot get out, right? 
And this one is just called the twin coaster. It would go around the little circle, and then you saw this incline. And remember, it was... So when you first hit the, the notch, you, you, it pulls you up, and then it lets you back, like maybe this much, but you think you're about to die, <laughs> at least when you're nine years old, right? And you, you just sit in that thing, and it goes, right? You're, you're, ratch- you're being ratcheted upward. And I saw that picture. I said, Lord, what is going on? What are you trying to say? And the Lord just said, remember what it felt like to place yourself in the place where you could be carried up than to be let loose. And I just felt like the Lord said, if you will encourage the people this morning to place yourself in the place, this coaster now is God's presence, and just let me take you up little by little, it's going to be a wild ride. And I I feel like that's what God wants for us as a people at the vineyard. Not just roller coasters. He, He wants us to experience what it's like as the people of God to be in his presence, a safe place with others in community, sometimes a little scary, right, Megan, Vonda? Sometimes a little scary to place yourself in community and then say, God, I'm whatever you want, wherever you want to go. In uh, the beginning of Acts, Acts uh, Acts chapter 2, so the Holy Spirit has just come. The Holy Spirit of God has just come. Put Acts 2.11 up there. Acts 2, 4 to 6 and 11. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. And then verse 11. This is what the people said. And we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. What happens to a human heart when the, when the generous spirit of God comes upon people is he takes fearful, scared, stingy, reserved. I'm talking about the disciples here, not you, okay? He, he takes stingy, reserved, fearful. Do you remember Peter? Like, I never knew the guy. Speaking of Jesus. And the Spirit of God comes, and the first thing that breaks out is all of a sudden they are, they are uh, they're generous in their worship. All right? Look what, it, look what it says. We all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. Isn't it interesting that the first thing that happens when the power of the Holy Spirit comes on a people is they become generous in their worship? How, how generous were they in their worship? How radical were they in their worship? Anyone want to answer this one? You know what's coming? Anybody? People thought they were drunk. Okay? Who had, I was going to say who has ever been drunk, but I won't do that. <laughs> but I can see it. The heart of a father. What happened when the Holy Spirit came? The disciples' reserve was eliminated. When they walked in, the very first thing that happened when the Spirit of God came is they erupted in worship. They didn't even know what they were saying. Think about that. They didn't even know what they were saying. What does that mean? They did not come in and think, now it's time to worship the Lord. How will I do this today? 
No, their hearts were open. They expanded. Let me ask you a hard question. What happens to you when you walk in the vineyard sanctuary on a Sunday morning? Just consider that for a, for a moment. Uh, let me tell you what my experience is sometimes. I, I'm over here in my office, right? I walk in, I think we're going to worship. Right about here, I start to feel a little nervous. Why? Because God's going to strike me dead? Probably not. Because you all are here. And I'm about to express the most intimate thing in my life. How my soul feels about God. And I feel a little reserved. And this is my heart for us as a church. Reserve be gone. I'm going to patent that. It's a little spray. Reserve be gone. (laughs) It's what happened when the Holy Spirit came. And it wasn't the Holy Spirit just blam and they couldn't help themselves. They opened themselves to the Holy Spirit. What would our time together look like if we opened ourselves fully and completely to the spirit of the living God in our worship? Now, here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying let's amp ourselves up. I'm not saying let's get human zeal. I'm not saying let's make everyone run around with flags. What I am saying, let's forget about this for a minute when we're so focused on this. But let's do it together. You see what there, there's a there's a there's heaven hits earth in worship, right? Heaven hits earth. Sometimes I wonder if we block heaven because of our fear, because of our reserve. I'm speaking as a loving father. I, I'm not interested in saying, come on, people, we got to ramp it up. We got to have Bethel worship. We got to, you know, what I'm saying is that Jesus is here. If you knew that Jesus was speaking next week, himself, okay, it says it right there on the internet, Jesus will be speaking, fully manifest, present, in a body, would you be late? Oh, would you be late? If Jesus was going to lead worship, would you be late? No condemnation here. I'm inviting you into a reality. Jesus is more than present. When he was in a body, he could be in one place. Now that he's outside of the body and sent by the Holy Spirit, he is more than present. He is more than here. He's here. And we walk in and we worship. It's a reality. I don't really care if you feel it or not. It's fun to feel. But when the Spirit of God came, they were generous in their worship. That means they exploded. So much so that the people looked around and said, these people are drunk. I'm not looking for drunken manifestations, okay? What I'm looking for is the spirit that is wide open to what God wants to do. Wide open and generous in worship. Freedom. Think about this for a minute. I've been thinking about this for two years. First time I'm going to speak it in public, all right? I know many of you. I know most of you. And I know the lives that you have before the Lord in your home. If we had videos of your worship time at home, (laughs) we could use it against you. Because there's a lot of freedom. There's a lot of passion. What happens when we walk in? Why is our time of worship together on a Sunday or when we gather not greater than the individual parts if we would add them all up? I wonder what that is. It's just a question. I don't know the answer. 
But I've been praying into that. Nancy and I have been talking. What is it that keeps us from being wholehearted in our worship? And I don't know. I ask you to go to the Lord with that. But in two weeks, it's going to, be, it's going to get a little tricky because people are going to be sitting in your seats. And when you put your hands out, you're going to hit two people. Right? I just want you to ask the question, Lord, what does a generous heart of worship look like in me? What does a generous heart of worship look like in me? Second thing that happened when the Holy Spirit came. Peter, who is the actual disciple, who three times, looking at Jesus, he sees Jesus in the flesh. People are saying, do you know him? He says, I have never seen the guy. I don't know him. The third time it says he actually cursed. He swore. Peter's like, I, I won't swear. He, he said, I don't even know the guy. Then the Holy Spirit comes in Acts chapter 2. And what does Peter do? Acts chapter 2, it says, Peter stood up and he shouted. So first, the, the Spirit came and this generosity of worship. They couldn't hold themselves back from proclaiming the great things that God has done. The second thing is the word went out with power. They were all of a sudden generous in their testimony about the Lord. So Peter... The one who would swear, I don't even know the guy. All of a sudden, the spirit comes, and he is up there the first among the drunks, right? <laughs> I'm going to tell you about this guy. I don't know how he did it. Maybe he didn't look drunk then. He was shouting at the top of his lungs, testifying of what Jesus had done for him. Because why? The spirit of God blew out his timidity, blew out his hesitant, hesitation, Blew out anything that caused him to be reserved. You know, can't you just picture the disciples in all those stories leading up to the crucifixion and even the resurrection? They're always like huddled in a crowd. Like, what are we going to do now? You know, it's, they're all huddled together. Even when he said, wait, the Holy Spirit's going to come. It says, they're all huddled together and they're praying, you know. They're timid. They're fearful. They don't want to even associate with Jesus. And then the Spirit of God comes. And all of a sudden, Acts 4.20, we cannot stop speaking about what we have seen and what we have heard. You want to kill us? Whatever. I mean, just don't take that lightly. You want to kill us? Whatever. It's in the Greek, I promise. Whatever. We cannot stop about what we've seen, telling about what we have seen and heard. The Holy Spirit came and all of a sudden the witness was explosive. So my question, what is it about our lives as a people here in suburban Indiana, urban or suburban depending on where you live, that keeps us so reserved in our testimony? What, what part have we closed off? Please don't hear condemnation. I'm just inviting you into Holy Spirit of God, what is it that you want to do in this heart that would have an impact on me like the Spirit had on the, on the disciples? That all of a sudden my witness would be explosive. Not angry and not condemning. Peter, nowhere in Peter's first message do you hear, and if you don't believe like me, you'll all go to hell. No. You hear this, hey, he's for all of us. First thing he says, remember, what it said in Joel, the spirit will be poured out on all flesh and everyone who believes will be saved. That's what's happening. Peter's testimony was this. You can all be in on this. There's plenty for everyone. 
That was the power of the generous spirit within Peter to express the gospel. Generosity in witness. And finally, from worship to witness to Acts chapter 4, a willingness to give. Acts 4.32. All the believers were united in heart and mind. Acts 4.33. And they felt that what they owned was not their own. Hold on a second. I'm all for worship, worship. I'm all for witness. But now you're messing with my stuff. Guess what? The Holy Spirit's messing with your stuff. The Holy Spirit's been messing with our stuff since the day it began. Since he came. This is what it looked like for the disciples. They felt that, they, that what they owned was not their own. So they shared everything they had. The apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and God's great blessing was upon them all. There were no needy people among them. That is an astounding statement. 3,000 people came to Christ the first day. We're two chapters later. There were no needy people among them. I mean, fill in the blanks. What happened? Are you telling me that there were no needy people in Jerusalem at the time? I doubt it. There were no needy people among them because those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give to those in need. All of a sudden, when the Holy Spirit came, not only were they generous with their worship, they didn't didn't care what people thought. Not only were they generous with their witness, they didn't care who said what about them, even threatening their bodies, but they became all of a sudden, in a heavenly way, willing to give because they no longer thought that what they had was theirs. That's the work that the Holy Spirit did. Let, let me let me just something that struck me this week in preparing for this message. So we're right there. We're at Acts chapter four. The Holy Spirit come worship witness. Right. And I know personally, as I'm reading the story, OK, we're going into they're going to start giving stuff away. Do you notice that it doesn't say? And then when the spirit came, everyone committed to the tithe. It doesn't say that that would have been, would have been perfectly legitimate. Right. The Holy Spirit could have inspired this scripture to be written, and then everyone committed to the tithe. It doesn't say that. Do you know why not? That's not radical enough. Now, little, little, okay, bring my little father, put him right here. I believe in the tithe. I believe so much in the tithe, I think it's where we begin as givers in the kingdom. The Old Testament is all about the tithe. We bring our first fruits. God blesses them. Malachi 3 God actually says, test me in this. Bring the tithe, 10%. Bring the first 10%. Put it in the storehouse. I would say that's probably modern day, to some degree, the church, the place where you worship. Bring it to the storehouse and see if I don't open the windows of heaven and bless you. God says, test me in this and do it. So I think the tithe is absolute and great, not legalism. That's the beginning of freedom. And I'll tell you, if you are not one that gives 10%, if you are not a tither, let me put that out for you as your first goal, to be in line with the heart of God. But when we get into the New Testament, (laughs) when we get into the, the life of Jesus, when we get into the work of the Holy Spirit, all of a sudden it's they did not think that anything they had was actually their own. 
Now, this is where I, I'm asking for the Father's grace because I, I, I don't, I'm not saying we all need to sell everything we have and give it to the church. That's not my point at all. My point is when the Holy Spirit comes, he helps us to recognize nothing that we have belongs to us. This is not communism. This is the economy of heaven. And what allows people, the people of God to believe that nothing I have belongs to me is the generous spirit of God that enables us to trust God with everything. That means your time is not your own. That means your checkbook is not your own. That means your home is not your own. What would it look like in our church, in this city, if we grabbed a hold of an open and generous spirit that says, even everything I have, it doesn't belong to me. When the spirit came, they realized that generosity was the heart of God. John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave. 10%? It just doesn't say that. That he gave his one and his only son. Even God saying, this son of mine, I do not see as my own. I will give him for the sake of the world. And what happened in the economy of heaven? He got him back. He was raised from the dead and multiplied in the world by the Holy Spirit. That was really good. (laughs) Galatians 5, 22 and 23. You're familiar with this, possibly. The the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Many translations here where it says goodness, their translation is generosity. The fruit of the Spirit is generosity. I didn't just make that up. You can look in the translations. Goodness, as uh, this word goodness, as put out there by the the smart people in the Greek lexicons, goodness is an attitude of generous kindliness to others, which is happy to do far more than is required by mere justice. Goodness is a generous kindliness, which, um, which is happy to do far more than is required by mere justice. Old Testament, 10% requ- required. That's what God said. New Testament, nothing belongs to you. That's good. That's good. That's the spirit of goodness. So we conclude, I'm reading from a smart guy, so we conclude that goodness in Galatians 5.22 represents a, ready for this word, magnanimous kindliness, which issues in practical generosity, the very antithesis to envy. That's a fruit of the spirit. Generosity. I'll close with, Thomas Aquinas, 13th century, (laughs) isn't that fun? 13th century Thomas Aquinas, Catholic writer, because we were all Catholics back then, right? He said this, there are two types of souls in the world. And he called the first one a magna anima, a great soul. And the second one, ready for this, pusilla anima. That doesn't sound fun. (laughs) 
he said there are two, two types of souls. The magna anima, the great soul, is an open soul with space for the world to enter and find Jesus and joy in giving. Just, just picture an open soul. Picture the, the, the disciples when the Holy Spirit came, open with their worship, open with their witness, open with their willingness to give whatever because it doesn't belong to me. They were great souls. And so we get our English word magnanimous, which means generous. Wouldn't you like that to see that on your tombstone? He was a magnanimous person. Or would you rather have it say, he was a pusillanimous person? <laughs> I'm just saying it doesn't roll off the tongue as well. So Aquinas said there's another kind of soul. There's a pusilla anima, a guarded, defended, and suspicious spirit that sees all as a threat or enemy waiting to attack, shields itself from the world and therefore from God. And we get our English word, which even Vonda might not use all the time, pusillanimous, which means fearful, interesting. Isn't it interesting? Generous. The opposite of generous in the mind of Aquinas in the 13th century was not, the opposite of generous was not stingy, it was fearful. And isn't that at the heart? Isn't that at the, the depth of our unwillingness in our worship, in our witness, in our willingness to give? We're fearful. Oh, God, will you really? Did you really say? It sounds like the enemy in the garden. Did, did God really say he would care for you? Did God really say? And I think the Lord is calling us as a people to generosity. Yes, in giving financially. That's how the world gets blessed in practical ways. But in our worship and in our witness, this is the fruit of the Holy Spirit upon us. Generous hearts. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Why don't you stand? Lynn, will you come forward? Let's have the ministry team come forward. The ministry team is a magnanimous group of people with great hearts, open, willing to see what the Holy Spirit wants to do. And I'm just going to pray. And after my prayer, you are welcome to come. If you'd like someone to pray for you this morning, then come forward. If you just need to wait with the Lord for a while, you can do that here in the sanctuary while Lynn is playing. God's stirring generosity in our midst. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we are so, so thankful that you have poured out the love of God in our hearts. That you have shown us who we are as children in the kingdom. You've communicated the, the love and the power of God to us. We are so thankful this morning that you've given us all that we have, these bodies these spirits, this time, these words, these testimonies. You realize the Lord has given us these testimonies that we carry. So Holy Spirit, come and stir up that generous spirit in our midst. Stir us up, Lord. Stir up worship in our midst. Stir up witness and testifying in our midst. Stir up a willingness to give, Lord, no matter what it means, no matter what it takes.
And Lord, deposit upon us once again to a, to a greater extent than we've ever known a deep trust in your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen.